Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and Ends. Uh, we're here getting ready for the week. We're early today. It's Saturday. Good evening, Rob. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I do appreciate uh, when we can connect on a Saturday and get ahead of the uh, you know, Sunday so people can do some research. Maybe we uh, trigger a few ideas, uh, you know, give a, a little bit of guidance. I hope that we have some value to offer. So, um, but uh, yeah, anyway, uh, on the subject of getting ready here, so um, Dave Dave Singh has a vision. See, uh, I I told I told you Dave that uh, you wanted to get this party started, get this recording. I said, well, my wife's vacuuming, and unfortunately, uh, my office is in the garage. We don't park cars in the garage. We uh, I've got my whole office in here, so um, the vacuum canister is in the garage. So garage or garage however you want to say it um and so it's awfully noisy and we can't obviously do a podcast so i had to wait till she was done i said <laughs> so he said your wife's always vacuuming i said well that's that's what wives do and you said you have a vision so my question is is it this vision is that the vision you have that's pretty uh, much it just missing except, the butler. okay there's another man working in my garage so that that won't work and we don't have a cat okay i'm not in nothing against cats but we don't have one, so that doesn't work. Uh, so is it this vision here? Yeah, that's uh, pretty close. Well, I mean, I don't have glasses, but uh, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit closer. There's no cat anyway. And then you said, you said to me, uh, well, I see a butler. Uh, so maybe, uh, maybe it's uh, butler brought us some uh, what strawberries and croissants, and and we do have a dog which uh, has a bit of papillon in it, so that's pretty close. But his uh, his uh, charts are on the back side of the monitor, so <laughs> I guess uh, Dolly doesn't always get it right, does it? Uh, <laughs> Chat GPT um, Apple oh, Dolly. From my mind's eye straight to your screen, basically. My wife's hair has got a little bit of blonde in it, so that's not too far off. What about this one? Uh, oh, there's the there's the butler bringing, but there's no vacuuming in this in this picture, uh, bringing some stuff. But but that's uh, that's is that it? Does that look like it? Your vision? Pretty, pretty close. Well, yeah, but Except here's you have my guy. dog. I actually have a papillon, so you stole my dog. Oh, you had a papillon? Yeah. Oh. Exactly <laughs> like that. <clears throat> but here's the reality. This is it. This is this is this is how <laughs> it is, Dave. <laughs> That's my world. <laughs> anyway, Dave sent me that, so I had to put it in here. You know, uh, we got to have a little bit of fun, though. You know, trading trading is. Uh, it's got its own challenges, its stresses, and uh, you know everybody's dealing with things. And I was just, you know, I was honestly thinking how dumb I was today. You know, like, have you ever thought like you're just the dumbest person on the planet sometimes? Um, you know, related to the markets and other things. But I was thinking that today. So, you know, I guess it's related to, you know, since November the first. Um, I've really been recommending, you know, people not to short, um, and I'm not an advisor, but just, hey, don't short NVIDIA and short Meta and stuff like that. You know, there's no need to do it. We have such big AI tailwinds. Um, so the, the question is, well, you know, if you know, if you know so much and you believe so much, then why didn't I own it the whole way up? <laughs> uh. <laughs> right. Why, why trade it and, and not own it all the way up? Right. So, so my bad. So I don't know if you guys can identify. Sometimes you just sit back and go, man, I must be the dumbest person on the planet. But uh, 
anyway, so we needed a little bit of light humor here, and uh, now we'll get into more of the meat of it. So, um, so this is uh, the Spy Friday, the one minute chart here. And we can see that we had that follow follow through from Thursday, really. There was some high signal pre-market. So um, always watch for that. And, you know, things things can get priced um, pretty fully sometimes a pre-market. And when you see those conditions, sometimes the best thing that you can do is look at the percentage move of the SPY related to the percentage move of some of the things that impact the SPY the most and how much they might be gapping. Because when you have those bullish conditions, and there was no specific economic news on Friday morning, it was more just the, the follow through from the, the bigger event that we had the day before. And uh, when you see that, people can often pay too much for opportunity. So I just want you to think about that for a minute. The everybody wants to have opportunity. They don't want to miss out. So sometimes pre-market, they end up paying too much for that opportunity so that the stock is gapping at a much greater percentage than even the SPY change or, you know, if you want to watch the NASDAQ change or whatever. And that's, this was one of those days. So the, the thing is, on those types of days, it's often better to maybe short some of the risk on and buy some of the risk off because the risk on is the one that gets priced too much. So in our subscriber list, we, we actually publish a neutral, which is one symbol long and short from each of the sectors. So there's 22 symbols in total. And you can balance it however you want. We just publish an even thousand dollars just for reference sake. But you know, you can you can allocate, you can be more long, more short, however you want to do it. But we also publish a risk on list and a risk off list. And the risk on is short the the, the components that you know are generally uh, more appetizing for for risk on when people are bullish, and the and more and the longs are more defensive. And the risk off is different symbols. So it's not the opposite of the other symbols. It's not the reversing of symbols. It's actually different symbols curated for that. And it's uh, long the defensive and uh, short the risk on. Okay. So you have your opportunity to, to utilize that in any fashion that you see. But I just wanted to point that out that we often get that ex you know the expectation so high, so rich that it gets priced to perfection and you know, you have often a reversal from that, which is what we saw. So we did open, we did launch a little bit higher, but it couldn't hold. It went back through the open price and uh, started to fall. And we actually had a gap fill. So this particular trade during the core session was, was very identifiable and uh, attainable because we went through the open price and we broke out of the opening range to the downside and then you go well where does it want to go well often it wants to do a gap fill it wants to test the previous close um, it did hit it bounce quickly but there as it went through you can see some stops probably were run and that's kind of a price discovery thing did bounce went kind of back sort of easily gone back to test the pre-market high which is right in here just failed just slightly short of that uh, and then closed, um, you know, down towards the previous close more so. So, um, and then after hours uh, was uh, 
giving giving some back and going to test the uh, you know the pre-market uh, or well extended hours below from the day before. So this is the 15-minute chart of the week. We had a shortened week because uh, a long weekend and so on. So we came in on uh, Tuesday here. We opened here, kind of sold off. It was playing a bit of a wait and see game for the FOMC minutes and stuff. And then um, and that that wasn't really a you know barn barn burner at all, not much. But it was the uh, Nvidia uh, earnings after hours that launched the market futures you know rallied nvidia first it, it did a quick spike then dropped down towards the 650 number and then it rallied 100 points from that point um so it was amazing reversal after hours and that is what carried carried us through into thursday um you know that follow through and then friday we get that that premium open right and pull back from that point. So that's your uh, chart for the week. And of course, as I said, NVIDIA was the big driver. Um, here's the daily. We like to look at that, see where we're sitting. Um, and so in this, I mean, we're, we're not looking at uh, over bought conditions on the RSI at the moment. Um, it's up there but it you know it could easily continue to climb the upper bollinger band it doesn't have to pull back and fill the gap we do say uh, you know looking back in history that there are many times that gaps are filled and you know especially on the dailies but it can take time you know i mean here's one back in here this hasn't been filled yet will it ever get filled well it might not so there's no guarantee that a gap gets filled but historically there there have been um we can look at um you know, a small gap here got filled. This this gap here got got filled here. That gap got filled. You know, this gap got filled. That gap got filled eventually. Um, this gap got filled. Um, this this one here hasn't been filled. This one here hasn't been filled in this session. Um, you know, and uh, these little ones have. This one here did get filled, and this one here has not. But see. You know, it's an expect expectation, but there has to be other conditions and context around it. You can't just say automatically or conclusively that every gap is filled. It has a high probability, yes, both on the intraday basis, but not always, and on the daily basis, but not always. So this is the cues. Also, uh, just not quite as robust as you see the SPY here. So the queue is a little bit less robust. Of course, some of the, the tech stuff has already ran and it's getting a, a bit long in the tooth, I guess. And it's sort of a little bit of pressure there. Profit taking probably mostly. The diamonds uh, have done very well. Less volatility, more of a equal. It's a, it's a price weighted index rather than a market cap. Um, so it's a little bit smoother and more boring stocks in there, of course. But it also pulled back a little bit, and it had a good penetration of the upper band on this one. But still, not showing any super uh, overbought on the RSI. Here's the IWM, which has been more of a lagger, and um, you know it did come up and and fill this this gap here. Both of these gaps got filled there, and uh, still some upside potential on that if the market wants to keep going. Here's the sector performances for Friday and for the week. So industrials uh, did really well on Friday, along with utilities. 
and um, basic materials. So, you know, a little bit more uh, defensive healthcare, et cetera. Down at the bottom, energy had had been firing okay, but again, still running into some resistance up there and pulled back. Consumer cyclical, you know, uh, and, and technology had some of that profit taking in it, pulling back a little bit. Uh, with the one-week performance, uh, consumer defensive came out on top, actually, in spite of a rally week. Um, so, again, some reluctance to continue to pour money into only technology, maybe uh, saying, hey, you know, now that the news is out, this and that, um, we've had some amazing earnings in that space, but we've also had some uh, dis disappointments. Look at uh, Palo Alto and stuff like that. We've had, we've had some serious haircuts on some of the technology stocks. So it's uh, not always rosy. And, um, you know, the defensive has, has done okay for the week. Real estate down at the bottom, a little bit affected by the rising rates still. Uh, treasuries have pulled back, rates have gone higher, and that's an impacted that for sure. Here's uh, going at looking at the market ETFs and, and the sector ETFs as well. So uh, again, forming the worst in the sector, real estate and communications, and performing the best is basic materials and consumer defensive and healthcare. And that's for the week. You can also see how things are doing, you know, uh, year to date here. Um, utilities are, are, you know, been taken, now they, they bounce back a little bit, but still, that's you know some of the areas that have been shorted the most, um, and it's just a, you know people don't want to leave the market altogether. You know sometimes they sell some of the utilities and reposition them into growth, that kind of thing. Uh, relative volumes did decline a little bit, probably because of the short shortened week, um, and also you know Friday Friday this is snapshotted, um, but we don't have anything really jumping out at us like there's huge money flow into it. Here's the map of the market for Friday. You can see um, Nvidia holding up okay on Friday, uh, and AMD taking it on the chin. We've got On and Empower there. We've got Clack getting hurt. Tesla getting hurt, more of the competitive things, some recalls, stuff like that. Booking.com, I mean, we're like we've talked about before, you know, the travel season, uh, we're kind of, uh, Many people have already made all their arrangements and stuff. So these things did have a run well before uh, now, and now they're pulling back a little bit. And also earnings have impacted a lot of these bigger red ones. So, and then for the week, you know, Adobe had a, a bounce back day, but uh, really down for the week. NVIDIA up 8% overall for the week. So, and because and the way this would be look better, I mean, it, it had the one day move that was off the charts, but this would look better, except that it had been pulling back kind of with the concern of earnings and rightly so. I mean, I don't know who sold it in the basement right after it reported, but like we kind of talked about that. And, you know, if it gets low enough, people are going to want to buy it again. And that certainly did happen for it to rally, you know. Wednesday after the close, 100 points off the low. I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty serious, you know, it's like one of those things you go, oh, man, I wish I would have bought it down there, right? So, anywho, a chart of NVIDIA, there it is. 
And I wanted to point out something here on this chart. So really from the beginning of the year, it's been showing an overbought condition on the RSI. And a lot of people use this too religiously in a sense that they go, well, it's overbought. And you hear even some of the talking heads, some of the main commentator, commentators on the on the telly, they, uh, you know, they talk about, oh, it's overbought. You know, it's got to come back down. Don't think like that. It's it's not it's not correct thinking because it's just telling you what condition exists. It doesn't tell you what's going to happen next. Now, stock odds in our database tries to give you some probability based on you know a look back period of over 2000 days what might happen next right so it can give you a little bit more of a data driven influence but you still don't have guarantees and you know it's bad enough to look at just the indicator and put all your emphasis on that you know you could also put too much emphasis on the stock odds you know overbought saying that it it it's you know due to come in it, you need a balanced approach there and especially when something's walking the upper bollinger band and there's very low volatility very low cycles and swings it, these conditions can persist for a long time you know when you have something obviously channeling and you get like sick a, a cycle nature to it you know you're probably a lot safer to take those trades um but uh you know right here at the end of october we had a really oversold condition in the market and uh, nvidia was at the low end of its channel and it took off from there and hasn't really looked back so you know this this wasn't at this point, this wasn't an oversold condition on NVIDIA itself, but the market in general did have that. And uh, just be careful how much weight you put in any one indicator giving you that type of information, because I've just heard too much leaning on that and people get run over as they, you know, continue to short something only utilizing that. You've got to then look at the backstory, the context you know and uh and that will help you get a more balanced approach now we've had a big gap here so in this sense you know uh could it pull back after penetrating the upper band and the answer is yes certainly if people that have been holding it have seen it uh perform like this and it wants to start to weaken they might be encouraged to sell it which can create a bit of a crescendo and it can pull back on the other hand according to everything that's going on in the industry and there's the massive demand the demands there the price is there the margin is there the delivery of the product might be the tough thing so it might not get as much fundamental benefit to its balance sheet to you know its earnings to its book value because of just the supply side of of the equation the demand side's there but the supply side might not be so yeah, it could run into some headwinds and and you know suffer from that. But anyway, there's so many easier battles. You know, you can choose other things to trade. I mean, you don't have to get the tip of the spear. Get in if you get involved in the tip of the spear, you can be cut. <laughs> right, Dave? <laughs> okay, Amazon. Sure. You now Amazon's being added to the Dow. 
Um, and so there was some pop up on those expectations while uh, Walgreens Boot Alliance is being booted out. Um, and so index managers, you know, they have to buy it and, and all that. So it's usually a, a fairly positive event, not necessarily when it's added, but prior to that. Um, so Amazon also has this gap, did get a little bit overbought, pulled back a bit. And now it's sitting, you know, with still some room to go up and it's currently not showing an overbought condition. So those are big drivers. Amazon's the biggest in the discretionary. Tesla's next. Um, you know, NVIDIA is the biggest in the semiconductors. And also, I mean, look at its market cap now. It's huge. So now we move into some seasonality. Dave, these are the ETFs for the last three trading days. So you know, normally, normally we talk about the last five, okay? But the five started on Friday. And some people may not watch this until Monday. So I just thought, well, let's focus on the last three, which are Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. This is a leap year. So you don't get to repeat this too often, every four years, right? So we got uh, 29th is on a Thursday, and then we have March the 1st. So we're going to cover the last three days for ETFs and for stocks, and then the last day, and then the first day of the new month and also the first Friday. So that's the it's a packed week for seasonality. Let's see what uh, how this thing plays out here. OK, so what do you see here on the ETFs? Yeah, this week, well, I was just first looking at the comparison of the five day in the last three days and, and of the five days. It seems like the first two days are really heavy losses in general. And then the last three days are down, but not as much as the five days. So that, that means days number one and two of the five days is usually the, the strongest down. But then um, individually, we have it's a pretty much a risk off kind of uh, outlook for the most part with two thirds of the stocks uh, more to the downside. And mm -hmm. on the, the long side is the risk on stuff, ARK, KK, uh, things like that. But on the short side, you've got some of the metals silver, uh, consumer discretionary, uh, right. and staples, right? So XLP, utilities, real estate. So it's like a lot of that stuff is down. And Well, uh, and, and, and did, do, do we not see a bit of a defensive side of things like XLP was was pretty good last week, right? The whole week, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and earlier in the week, we saw XLE rally, but then it pulled back on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's uh, again, the context of how well have these things done ahead of this window, which starts on Tuesday, right? So did, what do we have? What have we seen with the arc on the bullish side? You know, have we seen it perform okay? And there's a lot of bond stuff in here. You've got HYG, junk, BND, TLT. I mean, you've got, got a fair amount of bond stuff in here so take take a closer look at some of these things but let's move to the stocks here these are the stocks so again consider lining that up with the etfs if you can um we've always got a big big flyer with this end phase right it's always one it's either the things that people love uh, you know or or they mutter about all the time um newmont you know, that fits into the GLD, GDX trade, gold as well. EOG fits into the energy, PBR fits into EW Zebra, right? Lows, um, discretionary, but 
you know, also one of those things that kind of flips back and forth in terms of, you know, one of those necessary things in life is Lowe's and Home Depot too. So I think to some degree, I always argue that it might be more than discretionary. Discretionary to me seems like, you know, buying a, you know, buying a luxury yacht or a, you know, 200 inch TV, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I view, and I don't even view, you know, Tesla as that much discretionary, although, you know, you could go with a cheaper car for sure. But uh, I think most people think cars are pretty necessary. <laughs> even so an iPhone, iPhone is not, uh, you people pretty much have to have a phone. So that's almost a staple nowadays. Yeah, true, true. It is. So, um, but, you know, like Kimberly Clark, Clark staple um, and uh, PG is a staple and stuff like that. So, um, so again, consider how well have these done in the week preceding this last three days? So is there some premium there to take advantage of? Um, and we have found seasonality does give you a notch up on performance. It's not a home run. It's more like if you are doing stuff anyway and you're considering the value of, of uh, seasonality, it does add some percentage points to your performance. I mean, that's historically provable with all the main events that we see. And usually last day of the month, first day of the new month, first Friday and expiration have more weight to them than, say, even mid-month seasonality or the, the last uh, five days of seasonality. So just keep that in mind. So uh, as, as Dave said before, the theme is still, we've got selling pressure overall as more symbols are negative by value percentage change than positive. But you also have to look at what's in the positive side. So a little bit more of the risk on on the positive side and risk off on the negative side. So does that mean that these ones will go up? I want you to think a little bit differently than you might be used to. And that is think about the relative performance between longs and shorts. If you put all of them on, what you would want is the relationship between the two of them to narrow. So, Let's just say you took 10 of these and 10 of these. They could all go down. But these longs would go down less than these shorts would go down. That's what you're after. The relative change between them. And that's what professionals have done for years that we work with and ourselves is always looking at relationships, percentage change between. Let's look at the last day of February for ETFs. Again, you see ARC in there. You see semiconductors in there. You've got SMH and SOXX. You've still got some bond stuff in here. Okay. And then over here, you've got UPRO, which is bullish going down KRE regional banks. This might be one that if I saw any contributing factors to regional banks, like any news, any concerns again coming up, the narrative being pretty bad for regionals, I might this would be ideal because the seasonality is there too. 
And don't forget what happened last March in the regionals, right? It, will history repeat itself? I think I think we're kind of in that time of life when we see a lot of repeats. It's like history is repeating itself. It might look a little different, but it is repeating itself. Uh, we got XLF, EW Zebra again. That's the Brazilian ETF. Healthcare, GDX again, XLP again. So again, it seems to be defensive is under pressure. And so this is a weird concept to get around though, when the entire market is kind of under a bit more pressure seasonally, but yet the riskier assets tend to be still sought after compared to the defensive stuff. That's a weird concept, don't you think, Dave? Even the past week, we see that, right? Look at the IWM on the week yeah. down 2.23%. All this excitement about NVIDIA and whatnot. And sure. small caps actually are down for the week. And yeah. even the Qs aren't up that much, up half a That's percent true. for the week. Yeah, and, and I so think this, yeah. I get, you know, I agree with you. This is, the, this is what we need to balance. This is the maturity that's needed to be able to, you know, push ourselves back and look at the big picture and 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 be on the right side of it as much as possible. And especially when you want to work long, short relationships, you know, it, it, it's not a it's not a panacea for everything. And it's not a guarantee that you're going to come out smelling like a rose just because you do long, short. It's more so that uh, you are taking advantage of a, a number of data sets and possibly even the news and macro and even sentiment if you can. And you're just kind of all bundling it together. Right. So here's the last day of February for the stocks. So again, you see end phase on this side, trade desk, Etsy, right? So the last day still supports the risk on side and target. So that's discretionary. So that's kind of risk on. Um, well, I mean, you could call that Walmart target defensive too. Like they're both, <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, Goldman Sachs uh, broker, financial underwriter, everything else. J.P. Morgan, same thing. Um, Wells Fargo. Here's those distributing good quality financials that are weak. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Alcoa, basic materials. Yeah. So again, defensive mostly, financials. Some healthcare, Gilead. Now, here's the first day of March for ETFs. So, this could be a great turn of the month effect. So, what the turn of the month effect is, is that there's a lot of sort of calculations that need to be addressed concerning the end of the month. There's uh, an argument between window dressing and profit taking, and some of the window dressing could occur, let's say, on some of the most prized stocks that people might want to show that they actually own, even though they didn't buy it. It'd be like me now. It'd be like, hey, look, I own some NVIDIA. I'm not going to tell you that I didn't own it all the way up, right? I'm, <laughs> it's like, see, at the end of the month, look, it's on my, it's on my sheets for the end of the month. So, I mean, there can be a bit of window dressing, but but there's also the reduction of net capital according to the obligations of broker dealers and institutions and stuff to meet that. 
So there can be a lot of pulling back at the end of the month. So it causes usually a decline in the market on the last trading day of the month, which happens about nine out of 12 trading days in the month. And then the first trading day of the new month is up nine of 12. So that's the turn of the month effect from one month to another. And it's because of 401k money, profit, uh, profit, profit taking, reduction of calculations. It's become because of uh, redeployment of capital into the new month. Um, mutual funds often buy at the first day of the new month and blah, blah, blah. So it actually lasts for a few days, but we're just using the last day and the first day turn to uh, indicate turn of the month effect. So this is showing really bullish. So this is actually the opposite of what you were just looking at for the last three days. And now we flip to a positive situation. So what's here? So XLE moves from this side over to this side. XOPs over here. We've got EW zebras now on this side. KREs now on this side. XLKs now. Well, XLK was kind of a little bit on the other side too. IWMs now over here. XLFs now over here, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so sometimes people find some pairs that they actually can pair up from these. You can also look at your other dashboards. We have you know, RSI dashboards, Bollinger Band dashboards, performance dashboards. So you can all look at that and see if you can pick up any uh, pairs. One of our subscribers, you know, had a good Friday pairing up a whole bunch of stuff just off those dashboards. So it was really um, exciting to hear what he had to what he came up with. Um, what else? Now, here's the first day of March for the actual stocks. So Alcoa moves to this side. And it's got, look, you got a bunch there, Alcoa, um, Steel Dynamics, Cliff Resources, um, Vale, F, uh, FCX, Freeport, right? Oxy, everything over here. And you still got some Apple, some some tech, tech on this side too. And then over here, you've got travel, discretionary, Trade desk is now moved to this side, from this side over to this side. Okay, so we got we've got a and look at this 90 on the stock side. This was on the ETFs, which also includes inverse and other things, but this is on the just the stock side by itself for the first trading day of March. 92% of all the 300 stocks that are this is drawing from are positive by percent change. So, I mean, either it's going to be like that or it's not, guys. I mean, this is what we have to deal with, right? Okay. So, go through this on your own, too. Find some nuggets. Now, now let's look at the first Friday. It drops back for the first Friday, which doesn't always occur simultaneously with the first trading day of March, but it has occurred that way in the past somewhat. And it could be a few days apart, but in this case, it's the same day. So what do we see over here? Uh, first Fridays, um, again, there might be some conflict, uh, but some some similarities. So IWM still over here. Um, so go through that and take a look. These are the ETFs. Here's the stocks. Got uh, Avgo from Broadcom from the uh, semiconductors, AMC, 
Uh, Gilead's now moved over here from on this side. Uh, we got some oil, some basic materials. And again, some of that was weaker earlier in the week. So by the end of the week, it could be a flipperoo and it could perform really well. Um, okay, so I'll let you guys go through that more on your own. Find some opportunities. And again, the, the main theme, the context is where was it prior to this window? So as you get to Thursday before Friday, could there be some overnight trades? Yes. Could there be, you know, you buy the close on Thursday and you sell the open on Friday or you sell at the end of the day on Friday? Yes. There could be all of that. Or you could just get ready to do the open to close on Friday or trade the if-then statements at any point on Friday. So many different strokes for different folks, okay? Economic calendar. Dave, what do we got here this week? Yeah, there's some themes throughout the week, uh, housing, the economy, and um, some Fed speakers are the big ones. Monday, not, there's home sales, new home sales reports. Tuesday. Now, remember, hold on, I mean, it's at 10 a.m. So one of, the t one of the pivotal times of day where you might see a 30-minute move in one direction and then it could reverse or continue, it's an inflection point. It's a, a decision-making time always 10 a.m. You have to have that set, I mean, as an alert, like you gotta know that it's 10 a.m. Now, this new home sales may, may do something, it might not, but it's the time of day that's so critical. Carry on, Dave. Yeah, so new home sales on Monday, and then on Tuesday, there's this Case Shiller Home Price Index. And this could be important because mortgage uh, rates are still pretty high. So that right. shows what the consumer is doing. And there's also consumer confidence right after that. So that gives us a, an idea of what the consumer is doing. And then on there's some more Fed speak on Wednesday, retail numbers. Uh, but there's a good one, GDP first revision. So we'll see how the economy is holding up, that we're right. not running too hot, because that affects if we're going to have a rate cut. And then Thursday, again, there's a lot of stuff in here. There's PCE. There's uh, Yeah, and that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then Friday, some more housing or those manufacturing data, Fed speak and consumer sentiment. So there's some retail kind of themes here, how the consumer's holding up, how the economy is holding up with GDP. And then you never know what Fed speak. They could say something out of the blue. Yeah, so. well, let, let's just scroll back through this because it's, it's, it's pretty important here. Like there's there's four Fed speaks on Friday. You've got consumer sentiment final at the 10 a.m. mark, along with construction spending. OK and ism manufacturing so you got like a triple threat right there and remember this this is weird because it's in that 15 minute window after the open and then before the 10 a.m so this is a this is strange too to have it stuck right there but it can be market moving and then we'll roll back to thursday again four fed speaks right here and the 10 a.m again pending home sales and then of course your inflation data so this will be important free market and then we got the, the chicago business barometer so if you why, wonder why sometimes you don't get like a smooth move right from the open through to the 10 a.m it's often because of these types of events right here at like 9 45 and then going back again um we've got the one fed speak at 12 on wednesday so um and then the 10 a.m consumer confidence okay 
So keep that in mind. Now let's go to earnings calendar. What do you see, Dave? Yeah, this is a new view here. But um, again, well, there's um, Macy's on Tuesday. That's a big one. And Salesforce on Wednesday. So those are um, the Salesforce is good for technology. And then Thursday's Birkenstocks. So we can get some, again, retail sales thrown in there. Um, on this view, you also have Lowe's on Tuesday. Again, like you're talking about Home Depot and Lowe's, how is the consumer spending their money on, the, on their houses, remodeling, refurbishing, or looking for new houses. And uh, we've got AutoZone, Domino's Pizza again. How is the consumer spending? And there's some banks in here. And uh, just, I think each day, just cross-check your symbols against any earnings. So you don't have any surprises in your baskets. And these are the Canadian banks here, uh, BMO, Royal, Royals buying HSBC, and then TD, and then CIBC. These are four Canadian banks here. Don't have as many banks in Canada as you have in the U.S., but um, that's their uh, their earnings all being reported. Um, so you know there is okay. there is uh, you know they trade on the U.S. side as well. So you've got overlap there between Canadian markets and U.S. markets. And Best Buy, uh, TJ Maxx, again more retail in here. Right, right. So very, uh, very important week. Uh, let's just see what did uh, what did it have to say here about Macy's? Um, they see more downside risk to Macy's earnings. Um, Salesforce. I mean, this is a big stock. I, I really, I really like this one for a trading vehicle too, because it has sometimes very nice intraday moves. Um, and then it's got a reasonable ATR, but it just moves smoothly sometimes and rolls over and has good V or bottoms or V tops. So a nice one to trade. Um, anyway, I think that's it for us today. Uh, we hope that helps, guys. And um, thanks, Dave, for your time and, and uh, have yourself a good weekend. Good luck.